Hello, and welcome to the Healthy for Men podcast. My name's Gershon Portnoy, and I'm the editor of Healthy for Men. In this episode, we're joined by Simon Waterson, one of the world's best personal trainers. Now, I can almost hear you saying, how could you possibly know he's one of the world's best? And the truth is, it's hard to be certain. But what we do know is that Simon is a former Marine commando who turns actors into athletes. He has effectively been James Bond's personal trainer for more than 25 years. And that's because he's worked with Bond actors Pierce Brosnan and more recently Daniel Craig for all of his Bond outings, making sure he was in the best possible shape to play 007. You know that iconic scene when Daniel Craig emerges from the ocean in Casino Royale? That was Simon. Well, it was Daniel Craig, but it was Simon's work with Daniel Craig which led to that moment. Here's a quote from Daniel Craig. He said, Without Simon's help and guidance, I wouldn't have made it through 15 years of playing James Bond. Working with Bond has led Simon to work with many of Hollywood's biggest names, and his other credits include transforming Chris Evans into Captain America, Chris Pratt in Guardians of the Galaxy, and preparing Benedict Cumberbatch to play Doctor Strange. After which, Benedict said, working with Simon is the nearest you get to actually being a superhero. And if all that wasn't enough, Simon has just written a new book called Intelligent Fitness, which details his experiences of working with all the big names, even revealing the specific workouts he did with each of them. It's a truly fascinating read. Simon, after possibly the longest introduction in the history of the Healthy for Men podcast, welcome to the Healthy for Men podcast. Thanks. What a great, what a great introduction. <laughs> I've never heard something so elaborate, but um, but again, thank you very much. I appreciate. Well, hopefully that will be the sort of you know the, the most you hear from me in this podcast, because of course we want to hear from you and all, all about your experiences. So. If you can tell us just a little bit about your journey sort of before you started uh, working on uh, the James Bond movies, you, you know, how, how did you kind of like get to that stage, if you like? It was a, it was a bit of a, a little bit, of, I suppose, a little bit of luck, a little bit of um, right place at the right time, doing the right things. I moved to London after being in the military. I kind of just did a little bit of what I thought was the, the thing to do. I, I was I was using a little bit of military philosophy and um, training people in the parks and, and and I got a few clients together. I would go around and put leaflets through doors and, and you know, pin pin leaflets on notice boards in local coffee shops and, and stuff like that. Um, I I wrote a piece I wrote a piece about military uh, fitness philosophy for men's health, luckily. And, um, and then I got a call from the studio, went to the studio and I, I, I got picked up and I got taken for an interview. And that interview was with, um, was with Pierce Brosnan. Wow. So yeah, quite, quite, a quite, a, 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 a yeah, very, and it was, it was a bit of a bizarre or surreal kind of experience because I walked into his dressing room where he was actually dressed as Commander Bond. So I was I was a little bit like, oh, I've been here before. And he was in the proper uniform, for, which you don't see very often because he doesn't really wear that, that full-on, that full-on kind of like um, uniform all the time. He's normally in very kind of like smart, smart kind of like suits. So that was kind of the journey, my first kind of like really big gig. And that was the one that kind of... Um, allowed me to have an insight into that world of film and fitness and how it all worked. But 
at that time as well, I think I must say that there wasn't so much call. There wasn't uh, there wasn't a lot for PT. It, now it's it's quite you know it's prevalent everywhere, and you know every gym, you know every every town has has got some kind of like you know personal element to it, whether it's training or nutrition or Pilates or yoga. Then it was very there was very few and far between. It was that it was perceived for be, for being for the rich and the famous. And I was just this northern kind of like lad who um, you know, left the military, gone to London and thought, well, why can't we make this for everybody? You know, everybody should be able to kind of have a little bit of access to um, a little bit of personal kind of like fitness training and just motivation or however you want to package it. And that, that's how I really that's how I really started. And, and, you know, I'm very passionate about it and, you know, I did the long days and the long hours and then, yeah, fell into fell into other bits. It was it was with the Bond with the Bond franchise with them how they film. I uh, I did my first movie, um, The World Is Not Enough. Then after that, it was such a long period before I actually got another film. It was it was a couple of years before I worked on anything else because these movies just these big big movies just weren't around. The Marvel franchises weren't around. You know the the Star Warses or the the big transformational kind of like movies. They they weren't false, but um. Yeah, I've been very, very lucky enough to have um, to have got a reputation and and carved a, a, a career out of it, which I'm very kind of like grateful for. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's an amazing story because it seems like really it was off the back of that uh, article that you wrote about military fitness that you were kind of picked up. And I was going to sort of ask you about your military experiences. I'm not I'm not sure how much you're allowed to talk about them, but I wondered if if they were sort of key to shaping you know, the trainer that you kind of went on to become? Probably yes, because I think that was a big part of my life. You know, seven, seven years is quite a long time to be, you know, I don't want to really say institutionalised, but you are a little bit institutionalised. So you, you are having to think and react in a specific way of how the military kind of want to, which is, you know, which is fine. So I, I believe that probably in a little bit of my theory and, and philosophy somewhere, the military element is still there, but I'm I'm not really that, ardent um i think we have i think the fitness industry has evolved so much as well that to go back to that fitness that was happening in the kind of like the early 90s would be yeah it, that wouldn't be suitable from where we are now because of the the way that we know we can be you know faster more efficient with with our programming and nutrition is very prevalent you know and and again i mean i, I was of the era in the military where the army marches on or the you know the military marches on a, a good hearty breakfast and it was literally a good hearty breakfast like it was a full english breakfast like every day there was no nutritional thought into it it was just about getting consuming as many calories because they knew that through the day your output was going to be so huge that you needed all those calories to kind of you know to kind of like function as uh you know it being in the military so yeah so compare that to kind of like how we are now i'm not too sure how much of that military philosophy is left i would probably say that there's a little bit of like me being very you know the strictness for myself not necessarily for the client and then the reputation I mean, I'm I'm a little bit, I don't know, I'm I'm a little bit kind of like with reputation now. I I try and use that a little bit to motivate people and to have a certain psychology when I'm working with certain actors because some people can come with a a preconception of that. If you get a trainer, I'm going to be fit. It doesn't work like that. A trainer is is there to provide you know the um, the tools to kind of like to get fit, but essentially 
that person has still got to do the graft and it is still like blood and sweat to get to a particular place of um, aesthetic, to get to a particular place of athleticism. You've got to really like put in the work. A trainer is there just to give you, I believe, you know, motivation and make things efficient. And for you to, you know, to say you maybe doing a little bit too much, um, to stop you from getting ill, to stop you from getting injured, and to just to just get you through, especially on movies, to get you through a movie. These movies are long and arduous, so so you you've got to have a certain amount of fitness just to get through them. And now you know it's more prevalent again, our with um, you know our mental health and our well being which is very, very important now, important to me, to match up the, um, the physicality as well as the psychology and, and, and the, the mental well-being. Trying to match that up as well is um, adding that into the element of the, the whole round, the whole rounded person to, be, to give you that package of, um, of wellness. And I think that's a word that we need to start using now is, is it's all about overall wellness. Yeah, well, it certainly wouldn't have been used, you know, as you say, back in the early 90s uh, when Reynolds was starting out. And I, th- I don't think anybody would have known um, what, what you were talking about. But it's interesting what you say that, of course, because, you know, there is so much glamour uh, that people would associate with, with the world of movies. But, but you know, as, as you've obviously experienced so often yourself now by working with, you know, you know with, with the stars of these movies, like these are extraordinarily tough kind of like journeys that they go on when not only preparing for a role, but then actually you know people think about preparing for the role so it takes you to like you know day one of the shoot but it, it's right through uh the the whole process isn't it yeah the process the process is um it, it it's tough and it starts years in advance for some people it can start years depending on what kind of like transformation or um what, what they're what they're wanting to achieve and um you have to really know um and again in the fitness world as everyone knows it's called periodization so it's, it's like preparing for the olympics or or an event you um you put the um you put kind of like the the date in the diary of when there's something specific happening whether that's a an aesthetic shot or a or it's an athletic event, and then you work it back from there, where you're going to have to be at each stage along the process to be able to achieve that particular kind of like um, look or that particular kind of like bit of um, athleticism. So, yeah, it takes, it takes a while, and you have to, you have to learn that. But, and, and I think kind of like that's where you, you can, again, experience. There's a lot to be said about experience and about reading people and knowing about um, um, dif- different different elements, I suppose, of, of the fitness journey and knowing when to back off, knowing when, when, knowing when someone is mentally fatigued, not necessarily physically fatigued, knowing when somebody can kind of potentially get injured and having lots of different tools to, uh, along, along that journey. I use many people. I don't, I don't kind of like profess to be, you know, the master of kind of being able to kind of like do, I can do, I can touch on a little bit of everything, whether, whether that be um, the kind of the physio side of things of knowing how the body works, what I should look out for, the, the signs of um, the signs of kind of like injury and, and all those kind of things. And I can work on those to a, to a certain limit. Like when it gets to a certain limit, I stay in my lane and then I bring in somebody that can kind of help me out to sort out a particular problem. The same with as well i do exactly the same i i you know i'm i'm very competent at working out like nutrition plans but executing them is a little bit different because now you know it's it's very easy to hand over a nutrition plan but how you execute that is very difficult whether we're we're cooking ourselves or whether i'm giving it to probably um a chef which if you're in a privileged position we, we would i would get like a nutritional chef 
and they would prepare everything for me. So that takes another load off my shoulders and it takes another load on like the actor's shoulders. So when, once you build up a team and you've got all those elements together, the process becomes a lot easier. So that periodization of those two years preparing becomes a little bit easier for me. In the beginning, when all those elements aren't available, it's quite daunting. You know, it's not a, it's not an easy thing to do when you, when you're almost managing every element of the process. So you, with the injuries, with the training, with the recovery, with pretty much everything. That that there there are a lot of balls to juggle at the same time. So now I, I, I have very good people who um, who I collaborate with who help me out along the way. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a collective kind of like, um, it's a collective process between a lot of people. Wow. I mean, it, it, it sounds extraordinary, the, the, the amount of different people that can be involved. And I think that that would be eye-opening for a lot of people to sort of realise what goes into it. I just wanted to ask you specifically about the book. So you've called the book intelligent fitness presumably there is a you know a key reason for calling it that because that, that is closely connected to how how you work is that right yeah i think so i think it would have been a bit kind of like um i don't think it would have maybe done so well if i'd have called it common sense fitness <laughs> and, I, and obviously you don't want to you know you don't want to patronize people we're all we're all intelligent we all have a certain amount of intelligence as 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 humans and the reason why you, you know the book is a toolbox. You can go in there. You can you can draw inspiration from all the kind of like the stories uh, I've given in there. Uh, all the programs that are in there. You can mix and match and 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 come up with your own you know your own kind of like um, program that allows you allows you to be able to be um, you know. I think consistency and uh, amongst it all is a really good and you can drop it and then come back to it and then drop it and come back to it. So, and then there's a firm theory and philosophy running through it that it's, you know, it's fast and it's efficient. This is what I've done for actors. And that, that's all I can say. You know, I, I wrote the book on reflection. So I'm not telling you what to do and I would never tell anyone completely what to do. I'm telling you, this is what I did. And if you want to kind of jump on board with it, please do. You know, it's like, you know, fitness, is, like, fitness and health is for everyone. And, um, but we can't all follow someone else's program. So with it being a toolbox, drawing out different things, whether you want to do a Chris Pratt like workout one day, which would be more of a strength program, or you want to do like a Daniel Craig workout on a, on a Wednesday, which would be more, um, more conditioning, multi-directional. You kind of like Friday, you, you know, you're flicking through, you go, oh, I'm not really, I'm not really kind of into it today. I'm going to do a recovery session. So it keeps you on your journey rather than having to stick to a regimented like routine, which as soon as we kind of deviate from or we, um, we, we don't kind of like fulfill what we're meant to, meant to do, we just, we just kind of like, we have that, the psychology of we, we bring ourselves down. Oh, I didn't do it. I can't believe it. It's like, oh God, I've failed. And we see ourselves as failure. Nothing, nothing is failure. You know, nothing is failure. The very fact that you can make a decision not to do something is is a positive. So if you if you are a little bit tired and you say to yourself, "Look, I shouldn't do anything today," um, that's a real big positive, and and you you know that that brings you your mental strength and well being. That you're being strong, you know what you're doing, and then you and so the book allows you to kind of like to do that. You just pick it up, have a flick through, find a couple of exercises or a couple of programs that suit you for the day for the week. And um, and you're and you're good to go. But also as well, it can add the other element. There is the there is the 
that there's that side of it, the loose, the looseness and flexibility of it. But also, you can structure it. You can use it as a, a firm structure for a week, or a firm structure for a month, or even a year. So it just all those journeys are like logged in there, and I just, I just thought it's just a nice thing to be able to like put down on paper and just allow everyone to have access to. Yeah, I, I, you know what? One, one of the things that really sort of appealed to me about the book that I really liked is the accessibility. Uh, of the book that there really is you know something for everyone as you say you don't need to necessarily you know be on it 24 7 seven days a week 365 days a year and so on and so on and so on like you really can dip in and out of it and take different things and the fact that the book has you know workouts that you did preparing Daniel Craig to play James Bond but also has stuff that you did with Harrison Ford who played Indiana Jones in his 70s you know I think that's a really sort of good example to show that like that there really is something there for everybody yeah, age is um, you know there's no factor. Age isn't a factor. You you can you can do something at, at any age. But again, just you know train for your age. But I think as you get older anyway, you and and more and more more on your fitness journey. Uh, you, you you don't do the things that you're trying to do when you're 18. You don't have the same you don't have the same metrics, for instance. You know, when, when we're 18, we're all being there, and you know, it's all about kind of like how big your biceps are, how big your chest is, how much you're deadlifting, how much you're benching, how much you're squatting. Those are the things that people ask each other in the gym. I mean, the, the, you, there's never kind of like there's never I don't know I've, I've never been um, I've never been asked in the gym, you know, anyone ever come to me and, and ask me how I'm feeling. Mm. That that's just not not a thing that you ask somebody oh how are you feeling today no no but they're looking at your aesthetic and going yeah yeah mate how much you benching and that's the that's that's the difference like that's the i think kind of like a core message that i'm just trying to get over as well is that not everything is based on kind of like metrics and aesthetics it's it's there is a lot of kind of like we need to kind of like start concentrating on um, on feeling now how are you feeling but we we know that it's interlinked. If you're if you're looking good, you're probably feeling good, no, or maybe not. You know that there are. It's it's a very um, yeah. We, we live in a very kind of like aesthetic world, and that's what's really um, you know we um, we take photos of ourselves and our metrics, and our metrics are kind of like I said, like it's either how we look or how much we're lifting, and uh, or how far we're, how far we're running and what time we're doing it and all that kind of like stuff. But we never really, uh, we never really like stop and, and anyone asks you, how are you feeling? Like, how does that make you feel? And, and I think that's, I think that's now becoming more, more important as we interact, especially around how we've been now through, you know, through the pandemic and, and the continuing pandemic. We, um, you know, we, we need to just check in with ourselves, how we're feeling, um, not about how much are we lifting. And, and, and I have to, I have to be very aware that mental fatigue is, is just kind of like, just as prevalent as kind of like physical fatigue so you, you you have to be able to fuel yourself and recover and all the all the elements that kind of like go along with kind of like having the the all-round well-being it's a great message it's a really really great message and I, and I think you're absolutely right it's the last thing anybody would ever ask somebody in, in the gym is oh you know how are you feeling uh and yeah let's let's change the conversation like you know why not let's get people saying that sort of thing i, I think a lot of listeners uh, uh to the podcast at this time of year uh are probably going to be thinking about you know new year you know people obviously a lot of people hit the gym in the new year there's always a big kind of fitness push isn't there that, that kind of thing now, I, I wonder what would your advice be to people listening, you know, because they may set themselves some goals and targets for 2022 in terms of fitness. What would your advice be to, to them in order to kind of 
be successful, if you like, or to, to feel good about themselves in terms of setting those targets? I think, I think the, um, you know, the main thing you've got to do is find, you can find your metric. So a metric, basic, when I say, when I kind of say metric, I don't know if it's a, it's a complete word that we, we use openly around everybody, but you know, a metric is how we, how we, how we, how we measure, how we measure our success or our, our what we've achieved. So just whether, whether that's, body fat or whether it's kind of like speed or whether it's strength or or whether it's aesthetic or whether it's like you you actually measure your body like a metric is just a way of kind of like measuring what you're doing so i think the important thing is find a good metric for yourself and and don't be too kind of like um, overly ambitious i think that's what we do we, we get we get too overly ambitious and we go and we kind of like we're too stringent with ourselves and we're a little bit like um Right, I've had an amazing Christmas. I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And it's so extreme from the off that you're just setting yourself up for failure. And as soon as you do one of those things that we all know that after a week, we're back kind of like going, oh, well, maybe I'll just have a, you know, a bit, I'll have a glass of wine this weekend because I've, I've had a week off from Christmas. And, and it's like, I'm not a real great believer in setting fitness goals as a resolution. Because once you do it as a resolution, the psychology around it is that you have to achieve. And then as soon as you don't achieve, we fail and then we bring ourselves down. And it's like, oh, I, didn't, I couldn't do it. I didn't know how to. It's like just set tiny little incremental goals like through the week, whether it's just whether it's very simple, like drink a bit more water, cut out kind of like maybe like a bit of alcohol or fizzy drinks. Um, think about kind of like the foods that are going to make you feel like really, really kind of like good about yourself. Don't kind of like put, don't take everything off the table. Everything is on the table. It's just that how you navigate yourself through it. So if you want to kind of like have your rest day or the weekend and you want to take weekends off, take weekends off and, and, and enjoy yourself and be, be human about it. And, and cause that will make you feel good. And then when you feel good about yourself again, through the things that you haven't taken out, Monday is the day where we go, right, I'm back on it again. And then what will you find, and I think what I find personally with everyone is that we normally then, as we start to change incrementally, you start being, without realizing, just a tiny little bit stricter on yourself. It's not forced. It's like, oh, I've achieved this. That's a, that, that's great. I feel I feel wonderful from it, and I and I'm my, I'm feeling great mentally. I'm feeling a little bit better physically. I've got more energy. I kind of like I look better aesthetically, and then reward yourself with something and just take those baby steps but just don't set your goals so high that you kind of like that you you don't fulfill them because it's the and then and then it all goes to nothing you know it'd be easier to kind of like start off by kind of like doing 10 press-ups three times a week because you know whether how or, or whatever like 10 10 reps of anything like um three times a week and you will always maintain it. you would always be achieving so when you're, when you're achieving, you're feeling good about yourself. Yeah. And that, that's my kind of like thing. Like, so just, you know, bullet pointing is like, I don't like to set resolutions. Don't set your goals too high. And always kind of like um, do something every single week that is going to like enhance yourself. Hello, I'm Dr. Gemma Newman, the plant power doctor, and I'm your host for the podcast series, The Wellness Edit, brought to you by Holland and Barrett. In season three, my guests discuss some of the biggest topics in wellness from leading gut health expert, Dr. Megan Rossi. If you're super stressed, not sleeping enough and not moving your body, 
then you're not going to have good gut health. To Harry Potter actor and vegan podcaster Ivana Lynch. People do say that when you're vegan, they say you can't eat this. No, no, it's not can't, it's won't. Search The Wellness Edit on your favourite podcast streaming service today. So, yeah, linked to that for people listening. In, in the book, you talk about training like a child, having fun. So making training almost like play, you know, that kind of thing. I was really intrigued by that. And I thought that was like a really sort of fascinating idea. And I wonder if you could just sort of maybe explain a bit more about that. And maybe listeners can sort of incorporate some, some of that into, into something they take into 2022. Yeah, well, I think we all, when we, when we were kids, we all, we all did things that we... We just did things that we enjoyed. You know, you never did anything that you didn't really enjoy. We played football. We kind of like, you know, threw tennis balls around. We were kind of like probably in parks, on climbing frames, on, on all doing things that just involved like a lot of kind of like movement. And I think trying to get that escapism of, of feeling like a feeling like a child again and moving like a child again and, and doing things and, you know, doing things that, that you haven't done for a long, long time and uh, which which are all fitness related it doesn't have to be so kind of like to get fit you have to go to the gym you, you, you don't you know it might it may be kind of like you want to play a game around us you might kind of like want to go well actually i'm going to just play cricket for a bit or back to being tennis or on your bike and stuff like that which you would have done as a kid without even thinking about it it wouldn't be a thing of kind of like it wouldn't be a, a thing of like i'm doing this for fitness you're just doing it because you enjoy doing something, not because of it, what it's gonna what it's gonna give you. It's just basically about kind of um, how it's gonna make you feel. And again, with 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 that, and on those lines of what I did, especially like with um, me and Daniel, is that we would go back to doing things that we did when we we're younger, so with teens and stuff like that, playing football, having to go in goal, having to dive from either side, and that in your forties ain't easy. <laughs> and then um and then throwing a rugby ball around or we would kind of like put a baseball glove on and and throw a baseball together so all these things all these actions that your body is performing like a child you already know how to do all those actions and actually they're quite good fun so it's the fun element adding the fun factor back into fitness rather than the stringent kind of like you know where which which is important as well but not all the time you you have to you have to add in a little bit of fun factor and I think, you know, being on your bike and swimming and, you know, the, the equivalent of like climbing a tree or, or not actually climbing a tree, but the equivalent of that, of how you, how you can kind of do that. Maybe it's from on a pull-up bar or with some rings or with a TRX or, or however you want to do that is um, it's important. And your body kind of like um, it realizes how to do that because you did it as a kid and because uh, it, it, it's quite, it's quite easy. It's like a lot of things now, you know, with the animalistic things and the train like a child things. It's all fitness. It all adds up and it all helps you in the end. A sprinkling of that and a sprinkling of your very structured fitness is is important. Excellent stuff. And I, I know you mentioned earlier, obviously, that the book, there's also sort of recovery sessions and stuff like that. Because I, I was always think that recovery tends to be so overlooked, you, you know, in the sort of whole fitness space. You know, there's obviously a lot, as, as you say, there's a lot of... Um, stuff about you know structured and you know doing this workout and and so on and so forth but not so much about recovery and the importance 
of recovery session. I mean, I was, I was wondering why, why you think that gets overlooked? I mean, is it just the fact that people might find it a bit boring? Um, and what are your, you know, how, what would your sort of idea of good recovery sessions be? Well, I just think it's never perceived as a session. It's always just like something peripheral on the outskirts of, yeah, or maybe I should have a bit of a stretch or, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I'd like to go for a, a massage or something like that. But, you know, without without kind of like proper recovery, you don't really get proper progression because your body is always kind of like fighting, you know, the effects of what you've done the day before. So if you can have a proper recovery session, then when you go to your next session, you get progression and adaptation. And that's where people, uh, you know, it's like being, it's like wading through treacle of, of kind of going to the gym every day and not recovering properly and not allowing like whether it be muscle tissue or, or bodily functions to kind of like to, to recover, systems to recover. We just don't think about it. It is that going back to that old adage of, you know, no pain, no gain scenario. And your adaptation just comes from recovery. That It all comes from, that's what it is, your nutrition, your sleep. And, uh, and your recovery sessions is what's going to give you adaptation and progression. The um, the workout itself, you know, or, or whatever you do, is just you know, just that's just a byproduct. That's just that's just a um, a catalyst. Without recovery, you you have no zero. You have no kind of like um, adaptation or progression. Mm. So you know, you get into get into like recovery mode. Your recovery is is more important than the actual kind of like workout. The workout is the fun part. The recovery part is the most you know serious part. But how you recover is there's so many different ways. And whether you know, I've seen. I mean, I've been on sets uh, around the world and dustbins and and water kind of like at the side of the stage and when the stuntmen have done all their stunts and they've kind of like they've been working all day they just kind of they just kind of like um put their shorts on stand in there full of ice and and and, and like and and that was that's the old-fashioned way but again it, it's a form of cryotherapy and it's a it's it's a recovery you don't have to have many fancy kind of like um you don't have to have like fancy tech or anything like that you just you just got to be aware of how you're feeling, you know, whether you use maybe kind of like a, a roller or a stretching routine or you've got a buddy that yeah, that stretches you. But it should be, um, it should be, you know, fundamentally one of the most kind of like important factors, structured, structured workout week. And yeah, not everyone, you know, we can't all afford to go for fancy sports massages. We can't all do that. But there's so many different ways now. You can see like now with the percussion tools so all the all the kind of like the vibration kind of like tools now that's that's another thing what's helping us kind of like thinking about and then adding into nutrition the big you know big thing at the minute is um we, what we're all kind of like saying is it's all about anti-inflammatory so you're looking at like adding different elements of there and that can be brought in through teas and shots and stuff like that relatively inexpensive you know to drink turmeric tea it's not kind of like you know it's just changing a little bit what you drink um so Having a good nap, nothing wrong with having like a twenty-minute nap. If you can have a twenty-minute nap, I know it's not. I know it's not easy for everyone. Good night's sleep, knowing how to sleep well, um, knowing how to kind of enhance your sleep, having a good stretching routine. So yeah, they're, they're all forms of recovery. But then you can, um, like we know, you can you can then take it to the next level. There's a, there's always a next level of everything. But to start off, you know, as um, like that is um, it's a good place to be. And as you get fitter or you start reaching your goals, 
You can then do what you do with your fitness side of things as you progress. You can then progress your recovery as well. And you may need more tools and you may need to go to like and have like a really good good treatments, whether that's chiropractor or an osteopath or stuff like that. It's going to make you feel good and allow you to get that progression. I use it quite a lot. So I will do a good hour to 90 minutes of just pure recovery. So just pure stretching, just pure kind of um, um, treatment. Uh, bringing in some cryotherapy, maybe using kind of like a percussion tool, all, all the things that are kind of like going to help. Wow, that's excellent. Very comprehensive as well. So really fascinating to listen to. Another thing about the book that I also found really fascinating was about the sort of times that you would often work out with uh, some of the actors that you're working with. Because, you know, there's a story in the book about you banging on Soho coffee shop doors at five in the morning with Benicio del Toro. Uh, and I just wondered if you could sort of say a little bit more about that and how, you know, wh- why you're working out in the first place in the middle of the night anyway. Yeah, because that's just the schedule. Yeah, the schedules, you know, the schedules can be kind of like quite brutal. And again, like, yeah, sometimes you work in nights. Um, other times you're dictated to from like, um, there's a, a very kind of like in, in the in the book as well, a very a story about like Jake Gyllenhaal. And again, we were in Morocco and he wanted to work out before the sun came up. So sun comes up at 5.30 or whatever time. So we've got to be up at, you know, 3.30, four o'clock to work out for an hour then to be able to have maybe a bit of breakfast kind of get in the car and then travel to the set so traveling to the set is is an hour through the sahara desert so there's all things like that and then and then the benicia del toro kind of like story is um again early in the morning and you know he likes to start his day with an espresso and a coffee and um but with benicia was quite um great anyway you know he's the one person that you kind of like you, you actually do kind of like he steps into the room and you are a little bit like, oh, oh, hey. And he's like he is in every movie. He doesn't really, he, he, he's, his mannerisms, his idiosyncrasies and all that. And also as well, we just do like 20 minute workouts, which is fine as long as you, you know, you turn up on time and you do get a good 20 minutes in. But Benicio would always turn up and say, oh, um, oh, hey, Simon, let's just do a short one today. I'm thinking, well, 20 minutes isn't that long anyway, Benicio. Yeah, let's do Can we maybe do like 10? I'm like, I don't know if I've got. Te- I don't know if I've got the ten minute workout. So we yeah, we kind of like do we kind of like, we do we'll do that like now and again. And then because he'd want to go for a coffee and he'd, be, he'd turn up in a full LA Lakers like tracksuit, which was always kind of like daunting as well. Um, and uh, and we'd we'd go we'd go we'd go for a coffee like before beforehand. Um, but at five o'clock in yeah five o'clock in in uh, in Soho and and there's no coffee shops open or just about to open. You're, um, yeah, kind of like, and you sat there in the window with Benicio del Toro having an espresso at five o'clock in the morning. It's quite a, it's quite a surreal moment, I suppose. When I look back on it, at the time I was just like, oh yeah, you just go and do that. And but then when you start to look back on it, you you go, wow, because those moments might never happen again. You know, so you 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 have to live in the moment a little bit. Now I have to live in the, in the moment a little bit more, but I'm so focused on, and I have in my head. Um, the way that I kind of like work personally is that I have to have three different workouts in my head, a 20 minute, a 40 minute, a 60 minute, just because of what can happen within, within kind of like um, the space of a few minutes, whether, especially at a movie studio, whether it's a 
conversation that that person has because you know um, whether it be Benicio or Chris or, or Daniel whether he has to be on set at a particular time and then people start to squeeze your time because you've got to maybe walk to the gym or walk through the hotel or something like that and people kind of like just go oh just a quick one can I just ask you and now there's five minutes gone and I'm thinking right that's my 60s now to 55 and also as well and then then there's the there's the usual things like we're not really that efficient with time and it's the same with a lot of us in the gym as well we're not really that efficient to time i, I mean i think this is just a statistic i can't remember exactly what it is but the amount of workout time for the amount of actual gym time is um it, it's quite low because we spend so much time we could have a chat with someone else we leave three minutes before three minutes between each sets. We then take a walk to the water fountain. We then read the notice board. We then look in our bag, and then we look at our phones. And it's like within sixty minutes, how much actual work do content do we get? Do we actually get? You know, how much intensity are we actually creating? So again, those twenty minutes workouts, and then going down to a ten, they can be the most brutal ever because you've got 20 minutes of pure focus and intensity, rather than saying, oh, we've got an hour, we can take our time, but you're still only gonna do 20 minutes. The rest of it is just padding and fluff around the edges. So yeah, it's quite, it's quite, um, it's quite, it's quite funny. But just to reiterate, yes, yeah, so I, I have three different workouts in my head, just in case of the, the element of surprise of the director comes in, he needs, he needs to have, a, he needs to have a, a really important conversation, which happens like quite a lot. And, um, or the, you know, whoever needs to take an important telephone call, got to think about time differences. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the actors that I work with, uh, their families are in either, you know, it could be anywhere in America. So that's a big factor as well. Um, di just different, just different kind of like elements that can trip you up a little bit. And if you've got a 60 minute workout in your head, I never want them, like I said, in the beginning of this podcast that um i never want anyone to kind of feel failure um so the 20 minute is there the 40 minute there the 60 minute are there is there whichever one of those that i complete i then have that sense of achievement of being able to say i've done what i needed to do we're all good that's perfect let's go so you always have the sense of achievement don't don't kind of like um don't tell tell yourself if you really it's not really realistic that you're going to do you shouldn't really have a time anywhere in the gym you should just say i'm just going to go to the gym i'm going to do my session um and um however long it takes is how, how, however long it takes but essentially i think like i said before 20 minutes to half an hour of high intensity stuff in the beginning of your fitness journey is more than enough Okay, that's great. And I, I'm, those moments in time that you know you just mentioned, you know, really interesting because, you know, especially when you're writing a book, that you know that is obviously a moment in your life where you suddenly do reflect. And you are thinking back, you know, and you obviously must have remembered that time when you're sitting, you know, in the Soho coffee shop at five in the morning with Benicio del Toro and all sorts of other things must must have come into your mind. I mean, it must have been a real, you almost probably went on a journey of your own just doing the book, thinking about all this stuff that's gone on. Yeah, you do. You do. And that's what I like about it, but that about, about doing this is that it's been completely reflective. So I'm only dragging out stuff that I've done. I'm not having to think of a process that could work because I've got the process and I know it works because I've done it. So it, that, that's, it makes things a lot easier because it's just all reflective and it's all telling little like stories like that and having, you know, even 
all 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 those different ones with with and you know for me i've been lucky enough to meet like many many kind of like um you know and, and that's the thing that I, some people kind of ask when you tell me you're a trainer or whatever in a social environment they say oh you have a trendy have you ever trendy one famous <sighs> and what i want to say is that i don't actually know when i haven't trained anyone famous and that's a question i'm asking myself going oh what a weird position to be in but yeah, so I'm very, I'm very kind of much used to it. I mean, the, the great, great thing was you, you just meet so many characters and that's what keeps you alive and interested in, in this business is that every, every, you know, few months or whatever it may be, you're, you're meeting a character that's going to challenge you because everybody comes with their own kind of like their own theory and some don't have no theory and some, don't, some, some people are just not interested. I have actors that are completely not interested in doing anything, but they have to. And they're just like, oh God, do I really have to do this? I don't even like this. This is like my worst nightmare. And 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 you you kind of like, and I've got a you know very funny. Um, there was a, a an actor who's called Sam Worthington, who's a really really lovely guy, and he he did like Terminator and Wrath of the Titans, and he's in that big franchise um, Avatar. So and uh, I had to get him ready for uh, a movie Wrath of the Titans, and um, and I remember. You get introduced and, oh, this is Simon. He's like the trainer. And he's like, oh, yeah, mate, great. Yeah, yeah, please, please to meet you. Not interested. He's like, I said, look, why don't we just go for a coffee, Sam, and just like chat through. And that's what I do, just like really relax, chat through, just to get as much information as I can, extract as much information as I can so then I can devise something that's going to suit him and not, um, and not kind of like cheese him off. Then very simple questions. What don't you like doing, you know, or what's your nutritional like I wouldn't say protocol but you know what foods do you like what don't you like what what how are you how, how do you manage your food and stuff like that but he was just kind of like i've never I, it was it was just kind of crazy so i asked him so what's your normal like workout routine he's like yeah mate don't really like working out that much so just the arms just the arms for um, for this because that's all you're going to see is the arms i'm like oh just the arms three times a week for six months Oh, this is going to be this is going to be challenging. So how I'm going to have to do that? I mean, I'm just processing it. Well, use you know you can arms can be used in many different ways. But I'm like, well, what about the rest of your body and the stunts you're going to have to do and all that kind of all that kind of like stuff? Well, yeah, mate, that's what stunt men are for. I'm like, oh, all right, yeah, you get that, okay. And I'm like, hey, food, like, what's your food like protocol? Like, you know, what 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 do you like? What kind of don't like? Yeah, mate, don't really like food. And I'm like, oh. What do you mean you don't like food? How do you survive? How do you kind of like, you're not really interested in food? Um, I'm like, what's your go-to? I'm like, tell me your go-to kind of like food. Yeah, mate, love a cheese on toast. Cheese on toast is my go-to. And I'm thinking, arms three times a week, cheese on toast three times a day. This is, this is, this is extraordinary. And I'm doing this as a job? <laughs> Woo. This is unbelievable. And you know what? You can't eat. He adapted it, he got through the movie, and he looked all right, and he performed all right. He didn't get ill, didn't get injured. You know, I, I tried to slide in other things of kind of like going, well, why don't we try a bit of chest today? You know, it's still a little bit of arms. You know, we could do like a little bit, a little bit of you know, maybe dumbbell press and some flies and stuff. You're still utilizing your arms, but, you know, we're going to... And he'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll give it a little go, but I'm not really that interested. I'm just thinking, oh, my God. The balance is completely off, but... That is his balance, and that's fair enough. 
that, that's that's the way that's the way he is, and that's how we all should kind of like be. He's doing he's doing something. He's, he knows what suits him, and he's and he's doing what suits him, and he's getting through. I don't think it might be the most healthiest way, personally, but for him, it suits him. So again. That is the, you know, but the premise of the book, it's not in there, by the way, the nutrition plan isn't kind of, yeah, do the Sam Worthington um, nutrition plan, cheese on toast three times a day. It's not in there, but, but you know, it, it's an example. It's just an example of kind of like how some people eat and how some people want to eat. And I've met, you know, people who, who feel, or especially around food, you know, the, the food thing, the, the psychology around it is that they, they go to their, they, when they're doing an extreme fitness plan, they go to their safe foods and they're happy to eat the same thing every day as long as they enjoy it, which is very enough. <laughs> exactly. Well, listeners to this podcast have now kind of got the extras version, you know, like you get, get, you used to get the old extras on the DVD. So we've got the extras version of the books. So we've now got the Sam Worthington workout as well. And I know that personally, I'm going to kickstart my 2022 with arms uh, three times a week and cheese on toast three times a day. <laughs> I'll see you in March when you're showing those arms off and kind of going, yep, yeah, nutrition plan really works. I've really got a good balance with the, you know, protein from the cheese that I've got. I've got a little bit like fat in there because I use butter on my toast and good carbs. Yeah, it's really good balance. Okay. If it works for you, you just crack on with that. I will send you photos of my transformation. That's a, that's a promise. Look, I, I just wanted to say, Simon, it's been absolutely fantastic to have you on the podcast. Really amazing to listen to you and to listen to your stories and all your fantastic advice and tips for listeners as well. So thank you very, very much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. And I, I'm, I'm glad that you, um, that you enjoyed the book and, and I hope that your listeners, you know, they get a, a little bit of motivation and it allows them to kind of like, you know, start their, start their fitness journey. Like we all, um, like we all have to. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Well, I'm just going to finish by letting everybody know that Simon Waterson's book, The Intelligent Fitness, The Smart Way to Reboot Your Body and Get in Shape, is published by Michael O'Mara Books in hardback, and it's priced $18.99, and it's available from all good bookshops, possibly some bad ones too. I'm not sure about that. But yeah, and that's it for this episode of the Healthy for Men podcast. Thank you for listening. To read more about health, fitness and nutrition, please do check out Healthy for Men in Healthy magazine, available at Holland and Barrett stores and online at hollandandbarrett.com. We'll be back with a new episode very soon. And until then, goodbye. <laughs>